Hello, everyone. Pastor Deborah here, and welcome again here in the Garden of Eden with me and all these others who are with us. How many? Let me see. Uh, millions and maybe billions. And we are here today to hear more about ourselves, about this great I am, the spiritual heavenly father of creation and of the new you. We are beginning part or lesson number 15 of a special, special letter, a letter entitled, My Dear Spiritual Child Letter from Me. Agape love himself, the great agape love, the heavenly father and his mother's side of him dictated this letter to me to write down for you. That's right. I wrote this down years and years ago. I put it in notebooks, mailed them out, sent them out, and now he's having me to record it here on YouTube with a motion video by Pixabay on Zoom. Now, you will notice my hair does strange things. You'll see my background coming through. I may not be the clearest because I'm not using a green screen. That's right. I've tried the large ones. They are too big for my little space in my living room. I've tried ones that attach to your chair. They're too small. I made a homemade one. Yeah. With poster board and green poster board. They are just too cumbersome. So I hope you don't mind seeing a few weird things happen around my hair or if my hand sort of whoa, just disappears off into the motion video by Pixabay. I don't think you will, but I hope you don't. All right, let's begin lesson. Why do I always say lesson? Because this is a teaching for you to learn about yourself, others, and most importantly, about a heavenly father who is also a mother and their love for you that spanned time and space, that sacrificed itself for you so you could be reconciled back to them, back in the family of the heavenly kingdom of heaven. So before we begin, I want to give a chance for somebody in the out there to say a prayer for all of us, even for those who'll be watching this years and years to come on YouTube. And we thank you for YouTube and all the creators of it, all those that post on it, for the team that created YouTube and are watching over it. And they will be there for years to come. Yeah, we hope that YouTube will go out to Mars to the moon, and to the galaxies beyond. Mm -hmm. 
So long after Pastor Deborah's gone, these videos will still be there for teaching and helping you to learn about yourself, about others, and about a heart that loved you so much and still does. So is there anybody here who would like to pray? Okay, you right there. All right, you go right ahead. I'll bow my head. And when you're finished, I'll close it out for us. Wonderful. Dear Father, we thank you for those words of tenderness and love towards the many generations to come. We thank you, Father, that people are beginning to think about other people and their need to hear your words of love. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, who's here with us now, and he is our spiritual teacher, and he is here to help us spiritually understand, to perceive, and to plant into us your words for us, your Father's heart for us, your prophetic words spoken out here in the realm of the Spirit and out into the realm of the earth. We thank you, Father, that you love us so much that even now, many thousands of years and maybe now even millions of years after you spoke these words out through the prophet Isaiah, that they are still here, still fulfilling your purposes, your heart's desires for yourself and for the kingdom of heaven. We thank you that your words are filled with spirit and life for our spirit, our forever person that's in this body of dirt, no matter where the body of dirt goes, and no matter where the spirit, the forever person also goes, we thank you, Father, that you are working to reach the real us, the us that's not of this earthly world, the us that is not of the soul, and its lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. We thank you, Father, that you are helping us, the forever persons inside of dirt, to hear you, to be aware of you, to learn about you, and to come to know you through love, in love, by love, and for a wonderful, wonderful purpose of being your child. We thank you in the name of your son, your word itself, Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay, we're going to begin. As I said, we're in lesson number 15. We had just finished up through verse of one through seven of Isaiah 61. This was foundational in Pastor Deborah's early learning to help people the Lord's way. I was coming out of licensed mental health counseling, where you help people through psychology 
psychiatry, counseling, therapy, mm -hmm. and possibly even being on medication. Or there were psychiatric hospitals that you may have to go to. I learned all of that world, but I was called out of that. I had to put my license down. This was way back in 19, maybe 99, to learn how to help people the Lord's way. I didn't know how to do that. I had loved the Lord since I was three, got off the path when I was another sort of personality named Jan. And Jan had to die. And she did. And she's in the tomb in the grave. And she's not coming back. And Pastor Deborah had to arise. That's a whole nother story called It's Time. And we're going to get to that. It's about how one part of me that was in my soul that I chose to be, Jan, who had horrible experiences, had to die and give way in the soul so Pastor Deborah could rule in the spirit and the soul and the physical body, the kingdom, spirit, soul, and physical body. So I began here in Isaiah 61 and Isaiah 62, which we're going to get to in just a few more lessons. I think we're finishing up Isaiah 61 in this video. And then we'll get back to the My Spiritual Child letter. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to show you so you would see my background and what the scriptures were that were foundational to helping me to understand you, to understand this unseen heavenly father and to hear his prophetic words of his heart's desires for you and all of humanity. So we had finished up in verse number seven where he was saying, I'm going to make a lot of changes in you. The old you that was wounded and disgraced and humiliated was walking around with a spirit of heaviness on you, been locked in some kind of spiritual prison cells, had no joy in your life, no honor or dignity, had been vexed and tormented. Mm -hmm. Even those who were serving the king of this earthly world, Satan. And he said, when I finish with you, with all of that, cleaning you up, birthing you brand new out of your soul by giving you a Hebrews 412. Mm -hmm. Sort of like when we see a caterpillar who goes, makes a cocoon around himself. Stays in there for a while, changing. And then at the appointed time, it comes out. A butterfly, beautiful. Uh, never to be that little caterpillar again. That's right. So we need a new birth. And this God, as you can see, whoops, back here. He says, that's what I want to do with you. And I'm prophesying that I'm going to do it because I'm going to anoint my word that I'm going to make flesh 
going to bring it down. Did you know this heavenly father had tried to come down and visit with us and meet us? Yeah. He was here in the garden long, long time ago. Is he here now? Yes. Because this is his place, his presence. But we got kicked out of it. As you know, we're out there on that other, that other stuff. It's called the world. And that world has a kingdom on it, an atmosphere, an environment. And we don't like it. None of us do. And there's a few people. We call them leaders, political leaders, business leaders, bankers, financiers. They are trying to rule that world and serve the God of this world, the God of the flesh that's below the kingdom of heaven. And his name is Satan, the adversary of God, who is agape love himself. So we were finishing up that he was going to give us some double gifts, double portions of something when he cleaned us up and made us new. And he said that was going to be everlasting. And that was going to be something called everlasting, eternal spiritual joy. Yeah. And that shall be given unto us in our new birth. Mm -hmm. After he cleans us up. That's right. So let's pick up in verse number eight of Isaiah 61. For I, the Lord, the heavenly father, agape love himself, loves spiritual judgment. He doesn't like us not to be judged what happened to us, who did it to us. He wants to rectify all of those injustices. Now, it happened to us spiritually. That's right. That's where he's working, in the realm of the spirit. He says, I love judgment. I love bringing a conclusion, a judgment on that which was crooked, illegal, criminal, tormenting terror to my children and to myself. I hate spiritual robbery for burnt spiritual offerings. When the spirit fell long, long ago, down into the soul, it was only the soul, the flesh, our earthly biological mind and its emotions that was worshiping him, that was offering prayers and praise and thanksgiving. Our spirit could not do it. It had been trapped in spiritual prisons, put in deep sleeps. It could not worship him spiritually. And he went out looking for it. Yes, he did. We learned later on from his son, Christ Jesus, when he was talking to a woman at a well, that this God that she's trying to worship high on the mountains and the God that Jews were trying to worship in a temple in Jerusalem, those kind of worships were only flesh of the earth. They were not spiritual worship of the spirit because the spirit couldn't do it until it was born again, made new, come out of that cocoon 
of the soul. So he was saying, the soul cannot provide the spiritual offerings that this God who is a spirit wanted from us. So he said, I hate that stuff. I hate what the soul does. And I've been in church services. And I'll tell you that story. Years ago in this church, the pastor said to all the congregation, let's get together with our most trusted prayer partner and pray for souls and marriages and healings. And I watched as strangers got with strangers. Pastors got with visiting pastors. And I'm thinking, those are strangers. They don't know each other. Surely a pastor's most trusted prayer partner would be his wife. Not a strange visiting pastor. So I just turned around on the pew, knelt down and closed my eyes. I said, I'm going to pray with my most trusted prayer partner there ever is, the Holy Spirit. For he prays for me when I don't know what to pray. He's there groaning and moaning for me to the Heavenly Father. I can trust him to be with me, to guide me, to lead me, to comfort me. So I knelt down and we too just prayed together. So after a few minutes of that, we all get up and the pastor says this. Now, the Lord did not tell me to do this, but I think it's a good idea. Let's all get in groups of 12 because 12 is a very authoritative number because there were 12 disciples. Let's get in groups of 12, hold hands and pray. For marriages, healings, deliverance, for revival to break out all over the world. And I said to myself, if the Lord did not tell you to do this, I am not going to do it because I am going to do only what I saw and heard Christ Jesus do. And he said he only would speak and do what his father had told him to do. See, this Jesus got up every morning and he would pray for hours by himself with his father, this God, this God. I just had to stop my recording, so I'm going to try to backtrack just a little bit for you. In verse 8, we were learning that the Lord hated these soulish burnt offerings, these praises and worships. And I was telling you the story I went through in a church when a pastor had just asked us to do something that the Lord did not tell him to do. So in my learning to slowly have the mind of Christ, I had to learn that Christ Jesus would go out every morning by himself and pray with his father. He'd get instructions where to go, what was going to happen. And he would get out there and he would do then exactly what his father had told him to do or say. And he told us, these are not my words. These are the father's words. He is here in me and he is always working. He is doing his work. 
So Christ Jesus had a wonderful partnership with his father. And I learned that early on. So here I was in a church service being asked by a pastor to do something that the Lord did not tell him to do. Get in a circle with 12, with 11 other people and pray for revival, healings, marriages. So I said to myself, "Mm -mm. if the Holy Spirit did not tell you to do this, Pastor, I am not participating in it. I'm not following you and your request. And some lady came over to me and says, Lawrence, come on, why don't you join us? I said, no, the Holy Spirit won't let me. I had learned that I had to follow the image and the likeness of Christ himself. So I turned around again by myself, and I kneeled down on the pew, closed my eyes, and I started praying. All of a sudden, I heard this, hello, child, welcome to my throne room. You are up here with me, not like the others I'm going Oh, my gosh. My eyes were closed. He said, look down. Remember, my eyes are closed. So I looked down spiritually and saw about 2,000 people in circles of 12, praying, calling out, speaking in tongues, sort of doing things. And I said, I see people praying, Father, to you. He says, I don't hear them. I go, what? He says, no, I did not order this. This did not come from me. The pastor told you that. I go, yes, sir, he did. He said, I am therefore, because I didn't order it, direct the pastor to do this. I am not legally obligated to hear whatever those people are saying. This is a work of the flesh, of the soul. It is not of me. I am not legally obligated to listen. I go, but Father, their hearts, they're so pure towards you. They want people healed and marriages reconciled and people to find you. He said, it doesn't matter what their heart said. They followed another. They followed the voice of flesh, all that praying. If that's what that is, it's nothing but of the soul. It's a burnt offering. It's not even legal. It's diseased. I didn't ask for it. I said, but Father, they're, they're, they're praying. He says, I don't hear it. I'm not responsible for hearing it. This is not of me. And I began to cry. All those people, 2,000 of them. They believed God was hearing their prayers. They believed they were doing right. They followed their pastor. But the pastor even told them this was not given to him, directed to do by the Lord. But he just thought it was a good idea. I learned that day how God hates this when I read Isaiah 61. It was a sad day for all those people. But I learned a valuable spiritual lesson. And I was able to carry that out into further understanding. When I read about that Jesus and the woman at the well, 
And he was telling her about this God is a spirit that you're trying to worship with your physical body up on the mountain. And that the Jews were trying to worship in the temple. He said, he's a spirit. And he's looking for your spirit to worship him in truth and in spirit. That means the spirit has to know who this God is. And that the spirit has to do the worshiping, not your flesh, not your soul. So in verse 8, he goes on and says, and I will spiritually direct, lead, guide, educate, train, teach. Their spiritual work in spiritual truth, which means light. So he has to direct us. How does he do that? By us studying him. By us learning what he is, what he's looking for, the spirit, to worship him. And he's desiring that the spirit have truth and knowledge about him. And he says, and I will spiritually make a spiritual everlasting covenant and contract with them, the spirit, not with the soul, not with the physical body. Not with buildings or mountains or trees or anything of the earth. I was shocked when I read that. God was opening up the world to me of the spirit realm. And what these words spiritually meant to us, to our spirit. And I learned right there that day in church, in prayer, there is a difference between prayers of the flesh and prayers of the spirit and what part of us God was looking for. Powerful lesson I learned that day. And then he was able to bring it out and show me here in Isaiah 61, verse eight, that he had already prophesied to us and shown us, but we didn't understand it. The Bible schools don't understand it. Denominations, which are creations of the flesh, divisions, for they are but children to him. They don't understand it. So now let's go to verse number nine. And their spiritual seed, these newborn creatures that he's cleaned up out of the soul, given a Hebrews 4.12 experience to. And they have learned spiritual truths about him and them. And they have begun to spiritually worship him and bring offerings of prayer and praise to him as a priest on behalf of others. He says, and their spiritual seed, these people, their words, their lives, and even their spiritual children shall be spiritually known all around the realm, the kingdom, here on earth, the kingdom of darkness, among the spiritual Gentiles. Those are people who don't know him. So your spirit has to be known out there. That's right. It has to be traveling in the realm of the spirit. Mm Mm-hmm. 
in the realm sort of your dreams. It has to be the enemy of this heavenly father, this agape love himself. The enemy has to know about you spiritually. I've had many encounters with the enemy of agape love, both human spirits and evil, wicked, demonic spirits. That's right. Once I got this, and the enemy knew I had it. Mm -hmm. The human spirits came with assignments against me to kill me. They'd come in other people. They'd come on the phone. They'd send people to kill me. Because I had learned a valuable lesson. I was stepping into the mind of Christ. I was becoming a child of the light. Like Christ Jesus is. Jan had died. And Pastor Deborah was arising. With newness of spirit. With the mind of Christ. Isaiah 61 was being fulfilled. In Pastor Deborah's life. So he goes on and says that the spiritual offspring. My words to you. The events or the activities, or the behaviors that my spirit does to bring this agape love and its authority and power here on earth, it will be known to these Gentiles, to these human spirits that don't know him yet. And boy, did that cause earthquakes, tornadoes, firestorms in the realm of the kingdom of darkness. And he goes on to say that all that see you spiritually, not what you're doing in the flesh, but your flesh is to be a reflection of you spiritually. He said, all that see you spiritually shall spiritually acknowledge that you are his agape love spiritual seed, his spiritual child, which he has spiritually blessed. The demonic spirits of the kingdom of darkness will come to know that. Other human spirits who don't know him will come to know that. Babies of him will come to know that. Your words are your spiritual children. You didn't know that? You thought it was your earthly children. No. We're in the realm of the spirit. That's right. Verse number 10 of Isaiah 61 goes on and says, I, the spiritual man, the forever person who lives in a dirt body, connected by a silver cord. You want to understand what that looks like? There's a great movie. Shirley MacLaine had a spiritual experiences long ago in her life. She made a movie about it called Out on a Limb, where she discovered how to move out of her body. You also hear a lot about near-death experiences where people leave their body but get called back. We learn in the book of Proverbs from King Solomon, there is a silver cord that connects 
the forever person, to the physical body. It goes through the soul. Also, the physical body is called the cistern, the bowl that holds the forever person. So when that silver cord is cut by death, the spirit has to leave. That's right. Now, it can be stretched and people leave their body all the time, go into other people. But they always go back to their bodies, their own. That's right. So that was what I had to learn about the forever person. And he's telling us here in verse number 10 that you, the forever person, the spirit person who lives in a dirt body of earth, humus, H-U. That's what the word humans means. H-U means humus, dirt of the earth. And M-A-N, man, means the spirit part. doesn't mean a gender or a sex. It means the spirit being. So a human is a spirit being with dirt. Now, animals have dirt and they have a soul, but they do not have a spirit like we do. They can be inhabited and spirits can go inside of them. I've had that experience where people who grew up in multi-generational Satanists They'd come in my cats. They'd come in my husband. I used to see demonic spirits in trees. We always heard a lot about gods and goddesses being in lakes, special rivers, up in tops of mountains, inhabiting places mm -hmm, that they considered theirs. That's right. Neptune considered the ocean to be his. Mm-hmm. So there is ancient history about spirits and souls and physical beings and how these gods and goddesses could inhabit, come down here. But the age of reasoning came, the age of science, and all that was forgotten, put away. And the age of just the soul and the biological body began. But let me tell you, it's still here. Some people call them ancestors, energies, mm -hmm. fairies, brownies, mm -hmm. aliens. Now, there are real aliens that live on many different planets out in the galaxies. You just haven't met them yet, but I'm planning to meet them and tell them all about this father of Isaiah 61, and his prophetic words of love to them. That's right. So we learn here in verse number 10 that our souls will become spiritually joyful once it learns about this God of agape love, this God of Isaiah 61. There will be a lot of inner talking going on between your spirit and your soul. There will be days when your soul is so depressed, vexed, tormented, fearful, and your spirit, upon its new birth, becoming a child of this agape love. Becoming a child of this agape love will have to speak to yourself, your soul, and say, Oh, my soul, as King David did, why are you so downcast today and troubled? 
we are going to go together in our thoughts and we're going to go and praise the Lord in the holiness of his presence. We're going to go to the garden. So the spirit has to learn how to lead its own soul. The soul's going to get depressed, sad, fearful, confused. It's going to be brainwashed, so to speak. That's happening right now with propaganda. That's words to the children. So their souls are going to be a mess. But I have put a barrier up. I have asked God to seal those words in the soul, not allow them to come into the spirit. Going to be a lot of work that the souls are going to have to do. They are going to have to die, as Jan did. And the spirit's identity and new birth and new personality will have to come forth. And it will slowly shine out to the soul. All those words of propaganda, lies and confusion and control and bewitchment will fade away. But it will take some work. So here in verse 10, he is saying that you will have spiritual joy in him when all of these things happen to you. When you become a child of his, a seed of his righteousness on earth. And he goes on and says, why would you be joyful? Well, he spiritually clothed your spirit, the forever person, with his bright and brilliant spiritual garments of salvation. When your spirit comes out of the Hebrews 4.12 and is birthed anew, the old you that was spiritually is destroyed. And you get new clothes. You're like a new baby. Right out of the womb. You don't have any clothes on. You're birthed in nakedness. And you come out naked. So you got to put some clothes on. So he puts on the spirits of the garments of salvation. On your spirit. Your spirit takes on a new light. It has new light in it. The actual essence and nature of your spirit as garments of salvation, light, righteousness, glory, majesty. You're like this light that shines over here. That's you. Even when you're a baby, bright, shining light of salvation. And your soul and your spirit will say, be so happy. You will say to yourself and to others, he, the Lord, has spiritually done this. He has covered me and clothed me. There you are. That's you. The spirit man, the forever person, and the soul with the spiritual robe of spiritual righteousness. That is that. That's what God himself looks like. For we become made new in his image 
and after his likeness. You will look like a bridegroom, one who decks himself with ornaments. And as a bride who adorns herself with jewels, you'll be beautiful. Not that old thing of the first verses where you were dishonored, shamed, or clothes of heaviness and grief. You had nothing but ashes in your life. You will be a beautiful, new creature of light. Verse number 11. For as the earth brings forth her bud, comes on out, becomes all that that plant was supposed to be the seed in a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful flower, whatever it's supposed to be. He says, for as the earth brings forth his bud, and as the garden causes the things that are planted, sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will spiritually cause spiritual righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations and people. You will learn that when you get this, after your Hebrews 4.12, he puts in you praise and worship. Righteousness, you're a seed that he will keep planted on the earth. Pastor Deborah was a seed he planted when I was three, but it didn't have the right nutrients, the water, wasn't in the right atmosphere to grow. Jan got in the way and had to die. Once that happened and that old shell, that husk of the soul passed away, Pastor Deborah broke forth in righteousness and glory and began shining out. Then he put me back on the earth. So the seeds of righteousness that I carried, the seeds of praise and information about him could grow and develop. And I would become a mighty tree of righteousness here on earth that others could come and test, winds could blow against me, insects and bugs could come. People could build their homes with Pastor Deborah. I'd become a spiritual mother to those who took refuge in me so I could hand them, pass them through to Christ Jesus and his Father. All nations and people would learn of him through my righteousness through my praise and worthy. And that's the end of Isaiah 61. It's not the end of us yet. That's just our beginning. But you are learning these foundational, wonderful, wonderful teachings that I had to learn to help you. And you must learn and understand. I had to put the word spirit and spiritual in front of every word. If you don't, your eyes and your mind will stay in the flesh. And you will think you still got to go to buildings. 
bow down six times a day, be with others in prayer meetings. Now they're doing them on Zoom. But that wasn't the pattern that Jesus had. We were never told to become like Paul. He was a flesh creature. He had issues. He had was so prideful with his knowledge and learning. He had to have a thorn in his side. And when you read his letters, you'll see some wonderful spiritual truths. Then his flesh rises up. Pride rises up. We were not told to fellowship as other believers do. We were told to build the mind of Christ. Christ Jesus is our example. Only him are we to learn about his intimacy, his partnership, his relationship to his father. And his way of praying, his way of talking, his way of doing things. Nobody else's. Everybody's trying to draw you back into a building to meet and fellowship with other people. Be in prayer groups. Jesus didn't do that. This one lady out there, she's a, an apostle. She's trying to tell us that we need to be in unity as those who were in the upper room. Christ said, stay there till the Holy Spirit comes. Then leave, scatter, go out into all the world. People want us to come back in unity. I'm to be in unity to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. When you become an adult, a mature, spiritual, kingdom of heaven person, and you teach the kingdom, and you understand everything from a kingdom side, and you have been designated an ambassador, you're a politician. A king is a politician. You also have to become a priest unto the Lord. Royal at that. You're on the family's business. We have examples of that down here in many countries where there's monarchs. That's right. But these pastors, they want to bring you back into the buildings, into prayer meetings. They take the whole month of January to pray, to figure out what God wants to do in the new year. He said, I'm the same today as I was. I don't change. So if you learn what he did in the Old Testament, what his goals were, here they are in Isaiah 61. I want to change you. I want you to go out and be a tree of righteousness. I want to plant you on the earth. I want you to get your cloak and clothes of righteousness. And then I want you to go out and do my work. That, that doesn't change. So I've had to learn how to stay away from those groups, those chat groups, those Zoom meetings. When I want to know about what God wants me to do, he talks to me. I have a deep relationship with him. He can talk to me through his word, through movies, fairy tales, books, true stories, biographies, history. Science. I don't need a special prayer meeting and waste the whole month of January. Satan doesn't stop while you're praying. People are dying, being propagated, brainwashed 
The enemy works 24-7. And Christians take a whole month out to pray and fast to find out what they're to do. I don't do that. I'm in conversation with God every day, several times during the day, every night. I'm reading his word. When I study this, read it back, he's reminding me of himself and what he wants to do. I'm about his business. But many of these Christian pastors are not. They're about building their denomination. You see, I had been an Assembly of God pastor. What I learned from the inside is they grade you on how many new members you get. How many people have been baptized? Well, there's competition. Who's got the mega church? Who's growing? Who's live streaming? Who's doing the most community events? Feeding the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Been there, watched that happen. God's not into that. He's working in the realm of the spirit. He says, my words are words of spirit. They are words to the spirit, the forever person. They are not words to the soul. The soul will have to learn it from the spirit. That's right. We got people that are serving Mother Mary. They are serving other gods called greed. They are uh, just so greedful and seduced by wanting property or fame to be called something royal in some Hollywood or get a star on the walk of fame. People are looking for the spiritual out in the realm of the flesh. That's right. That's all it is. There's something in all of us, but we don't realize that is a spiritual desire. But it's coming from the flesh, just like those prayers in that church. That's right. So I want you to recognize that this spiritual letter to you comes from the father of Isaiah 61 and 62. We'll do the next lesson and begin with Isaiah 62. It has verses 1 through 12. And then you go back and study. Write it out. Look up the words. Put the word spiritual in front of the words. See that he is after your spirit. It's the thing that lives on after death. You read and watch, learn about near-death experiences. People will tell you some part of themselves left their physical body. They could see their physical body on the operating table. If you want to go and watch another great movie to help you, go watch Doctor Strange by Marvel. Excellent. That's right. About the other realm and what the purposes are for you with that power. Excellent to watch. The Matrix is another one. You also want to know deeply what's going on. Also, the Lord of the Rings. 
That's right. They're out there. God spoke to these people. Mm -hmm. Now you know what we have coming up, the metaverse, where you will have avatars. You'll live in a make-believe world through a headset. But that won't be the real world. But when you're in that world, you will be connecting to the spirit realm. So I've already asked God to make me an avatar. Mm -hmm. I might look just like this, a voice in the light. But I won't have to play the game, be on it, have it, do anything. But I'll be there because I'm going after those people that are in it. And they'll be all over the world. Most of your pastors don't know anything about the metaverse because they want to keep you in buildings. That's right. Or they want to keep you in Zoom meetings. Or they want to keep you uh, fellowshipping in person. I haven't heard of any church starting to get built in the metaverse. I've heard about buildings and uh, real estate and all of these things and cars and clothes and things that you could buy with some kind of money. Eventually, it's going to break out. You go watch the movie, The Surrogate. Excellent to watch. Mountains with Bruce Willis. Excellent movie. And the movie Avatar by James Cameron. Excellent movie to watch. Mm -hmm. And pastors aren't very educated in any of this. They're just stuck in the realm of the soul and the flesh. They don't even know how to help people with mental health problems. No training in it. Codes of silence in church. There's abuse of all kinds going on from leadership to members, among the members. Codes of silence. That's right. So you be encouraged. There's some words of wisdom out there from Isaiah 61. The Father spoke to you through him. And we'll pick up in part number 16 with Isaiah 62, 1 through 12. Let's close out with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this teaching of Isaiah 61, verse 1 through 11, to teach us about ourselves, that we were a mess, and what you plan to do to help us, and that you are the one that will help us, nobody else, and that you, agape love yourself, will provide everything we need. You will do the healing. You will do the deliverance. You will do the remaking, the renewing, the new birth, getting us new clothes, a new body. And then you'll plant us here on planet Earth for your work to bring about more out of the darkness, out of the dungeon cells, out of shame and guilt, to do deliverance work on and healing on, to teach and to shepherd. Father, help us. Only you can do this. And those that want to be born again right now and come out like this, a beautiful ray of righteousness, clothed in your glory, praise and joy. Let it happen. Father, this is your work that you sent Pastor Deborah to do here on earth. Bring forth new little ones, even right now, here in the garden. <gasps> Oh, my gosh, the lights are, you're just brilliant. Oh, Father, your work is so wonderful. I see them. 
instantly being changed. And they'll go back into their bodies, Father. And you help them through the Holy Spirit because their souls aren't going to like it. And neither are their family. Father, you do your work that only you can do. And you be the father of agape love himself. And let them have benefits of this letter from you. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay, I'll see you in the next part of my dear spiritual child letter from me. Agape love himself. It'll be part number 16, and we'll pick up in Isaiah 62, working through 1 through 12. See you then. Bye.